0: Our scripture reading this morning comes from the Gospel of Luke, in chapter 13, beginning in verse 10. Now, Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath, and just then there appeared a woman with a spirit that had crippled her for eighteen years. She was bent over and quite unable to stand upright. When Jesus saw her, he called her over and said, Woman, you are set free. "'From your ailment.' When he had laid his hands on her immediately, she stood up straight and began praising God. But the leader of the synagogue, indignant because Jesus had cured on the Sabbath, kept saying to the crowd, "'There are six days on which work ought to be done. Come on those days to be cured and not on the Sabbath day.' But the Lord answered him and said, "'You hypocrites!' Does not each of you on the Sabbath untie his ox or his donkey from the manger and lead it away to give it water? And ought not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan bound for eighteen long years, be set free from this bondage on the Sabbath day? When he said this, all his opponents were put to shame, and the entire crowd was rejoicing at all the wonderful things that he was doing. The word of the Lord.
1: I love a set of principles. I love a list of rules to live by. Here are a few principles that I state often, things that I tell people uh, fuel my life. Here's one that I love. Love where you're from and love where you live. You can quote me on that. I like this one. Live in such a way that you make other people flourish. Do what is life-giving. One of my favorites that I like to say is, redeem the world, start with your yard. Lists like these, principles, like most of you, I find them quite seductive. They, they have been found in the philosophy of the Stoics, Marcus Aurelius's meditations. They're found in scripture in a book that we call Proverbs. And They even make good bestsellers like Jordan Peterson's new book, Rules for Life, or Ethan Hawke, the actor, wrote a book called Rules for a Night. This genre is attractive, no doubt, because it gives us rules to guide each step. These rules, these principles, function as navigational bearings to chart one's journey. It takes thinking and moral reasoning and reduces those two things to something simple that you can look up. You got a problem? look up the principle and apply. Simple. Or is it? Sure, we can look up the definition of a word in the dictionary like love, but not one of us would think that by reading that simple definition that we've exhausted its meaning. And I think it's the same with principles. Similarly. I'm not sure having a bunch of principles will automatically make you more principled or better, just a moral person. Don't you think that there are times that we can hide behind our principles? There was once a mom. She had a deep and abiding faith in Jesus as Christ. That was her principle. Her principle was to bring up her children in the way of Christ. She had that baby dedicated the baby was in every VBS program they had more kids and all those kids came and were dedicated and in VBS and in Sunday school they said prayers before they ate dinner they said bedtime prayers mom even made them memorize scripture she told herself that if you hear the word of god you're going to believe it something strange happened with her oldest daughter when she got about 17 she developed a brain of her own she noticed that a lot of her friends don't Believe in Jesus. She had a Hindu friend and a Muslim friend and a Jewish friend. And she said, Mom, what about them? You know, that's the thing. For honest, we all doubt. Be careful who we doubt with and to. Be careful if someone is doubting in front of you. How they're treated could codify the doubt or cure it. The mom pressed hard and it made her daughter upset. Over time she grew distant and more distant from this belief in Jesus. And she ended up marrying a fellow who didn't believe in any divine person. And she said, I'm not going to bring up my children in the church. Her mom said, if you walk away from the church, you walk away from me. And they quit speaking. A daughter turned into a woman who was married, who is now producing children, and unfortunately, she had a child. In childbirth, she lost her life. And her mom and her never spoke ever since that one fight over a principle of faith. Principles are not, by their own definition or by their own sense, always good things. Now, Jesus, he was in the synagogue on the Sabbath, which I'm sure you'll remember is the Seventh day of divine rest. Its origins are in the creation story, and there's all kinds of teachings in the Bible about how the people of God are to rest like God rested. Actually, they're, they're supposed to rest and find delight in the goodness of God's creation on the Sabbath. I bet, I bet the synagogue's leaders were intimidated that Jesus was there on this Sabbath day. He had developed a reputation and a following, so When he walked into the church, they kept their eye on him just to make sure he didn't upset the apple cart, lead their people astray. They didn't follow the principle that their mama had taught them when they were kids. Worry about yourself, because if you're worrying about others too much, you're liable to get yourself in trouble. No, worry about Jesus is what they did. There was someone else there, a woman. A woman who was bound up, bent over, for 18 years. Have you ever waited too long to get that knee or shoulder replacement? Have you ever had an untreated ailment that just kept going on and on? 18 years. That's a long time. It's a long time not to look people in the eye. It's a long time looking at the dirt on the floor. It says that Jesus laid his hands on her. This is the physical sign, the physical act of a healing, and she's healed. She stands up straight, healed. What a relief. What a relief to have that burden taken away. When I was a young boy, there was some neighborhood kids that picked on me some. One time we were playing something in one of their yards, and four or five of them dogpiled themselves on top of me. They tackled me, took me, put me on the ground, and just jumped on me. My face was in the dirt. I'm a little claustrophobic, so this is already terrifying. It hurts to have a lot of people on you. And then they did something dastardly. You're going to think I'm silly, but I mean it. They began to tickle me. But I'm not joking. Tickle me to the point where I couldn't breathe. He couldn't even say stop. I'm afraid I'm going to die. And then finally, they relented. Finally, they got up. And I could feel the air come back into my lungs. And I could feel the ability to move. What relief. Well, that was nothing. That was just a dog pile from some bullies. This woman was 18 years a slave bent over and bound up. Now, I'm not sure what motivated these synagogue elite rules and principles, or maybe they were just simply jealous of Jesus' influence and power. Well, I'd venture a guess that it was a mixture of all these things. And they protest. They protest this moment of healing. They say things like, You had six days on which you could have chosen to heal her, but you did it on this day. This day in our presence, you didn't have to do it. You can hear people say things like this. He wanted to wait to the Sabbath and come to church just so he could show off. Someone else is over there murmuring, saying, yeah, man, keep the Sabbath holy. Still another says, well, we didn't ever used to do things like this in our synagogue, I'm sure no one but Jesus could hear the shallow breaths of relief. No one noticed the the trembles, tears coming from that woman. Underneath the sounds of the gossipy, naysaying, negative crowds, you can hear her. She looks Jesus in the eyes, dignified like. Jesus responds appropriately to the crowds, you hypocrites. He calls them right out. Look, the Sabbath is for rest, yes. But which one of you wouldn't untie your ox or even let your dog loose so they could go get food and water? None of you. Every one of you would do that. But you're not okay with me loosing this woman from her bondage? She's a daughter of Abraham. She's a human being. You hypocrites. They put their principles before people so much that they were no longer properly principled. They were graceless and cruel. Friends, today as you come, we're talking about how principles can fail us, but I'd like to give you a principle that will help you not turn your principles into idols. Here it is. Are you ready for the one principle? People before principles. People before principles. When we put people before our laws and rules, we will ensure that those rules and laws don't become idols. If we put people before principles, we become more human It will force you to no longer hide behind rules, laws, and statutes, especially when hiding behind them stands in the way of us helping other people be free. Any law, any rule, or the word that we would prefer, any principle that does not alleviate the suffering of another person is, as far as I can tell, suspect. And each one of us are complicit. We live in a world that we've made, a world of principles that can stand in the way of people from being free. I don't know a lot, but I know that the church was given to be an alternative society to the world. The church was called to be a different kind of politic than the body politic of the world. It, it was supposed to operate under the king, as the kingdom of God and all... Too often, churches look a lot like the world. We're supposed to operate differently and therefore appear strange to the world. So here's the one question that this story motivates me to ask us as a congregation today. What rules, what laws, what principles are we hiding behind that are more American than Christian? What elements of our society do we hide behind that inhibit us from helping other people be free? Put people before principles, and then your principles will help set people free.